What is going on, CY? Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, who is this guy on stage? Now turn to your other neighbor and say, I don't even know, bro. Hey, if you don't know me, my name is Zach. Like Kobe said, I'm an LID or a leader in development here at Crosspoint. If you don't know what a leader in development is, basically I'm an intern here for the church. And tonight I get the privilege of giving you guys the message. <laughs> Have you ever been lost or not going the right way? I can think of times in my life where I was going the wrong way. And maybe some of you guys here tonight can also. Maybe a lot of us here are going the world's way instead of God's way because it's easier to follow the world than it is to follow God. In the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 13, Jesus is talking to us and it says, you can enter God's kingdom only through a narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and the gate is wide for the many who choose that way. That's something that a lot of us might not think about in our day-to-day -day life, that the, the wide gate and the easy path that might bring us you know, a life of joy and a life of happiness is actually bringing destruction in our lives. But that's the culture that we live in today. A lot of young people decide to go the world's way over God's way because it's comfortable. It's comfortable to, to say whatever you want, to do whatever you want, and have virtually no consequences that come with it. But that is far from true. Although the road seems easy, the life beyond the wide gate is not. It's treacherous and painful, and it's not the way that you want to go. The world's way is an easy way to go, but it's a life full of sin and death, and God's way is living a life of joy and eternal life. I can think of a time in my life where I was taking the easy path, and I was not living for God, but I was rather living for myself. Back when I was a freshman in high school, before I knew Christ and the plans that he had for my life. I was living the world's way. I was a follower of my friends, getting into things that I didn't want to get into, doing things that I did not want to do. I was living a life that seemed to bring me joy, but was slowly destroying myself and my walk with God, even though I knew that this was not God honoring and that I could get in trouble. I still decided that I was going to follow my friends over God. I can reflect on times where I was not honoring my parents, times where I would get grounded and I'd get my phone taken away, but I would sneak into the room at night just so I could use it. We know that God says that we should honor our mother and our father, and there's times I did not do that because I thought that my way was better. I thought that my way was right, and their way was stupid and wrong. A story I can think about when I think of my life before I knew Christ, was a time that my youth hockey team took a trip to Arizona for a tournament, and I did not honor God or the hotel staff. Just by a, a show of hands, how many people play a sport here? A lot of you, pretty much all of you. How many of you guys have traveled out of state for a tournament or a game or something? Yeah, pretty much all of you. So you know you stay in a hotel, you stay there for three or four days, and you know, you just play your games and you're out of there. Back in 2017, me and my hockey team went to Arizona. And we stayed in a hotel just as any sports team would. And as any youth hockey team does, we decided to play mini hockey. Now, if you don't know what mini hockey is, well, it's mini hockey. The net's about this big, sticks about 
know, that long. You play with foam balls and, you know, it's a game to pass the time on an off day or just, you know, if you have some time to spare. So we set up our game in a conference room and we were, you know, on top of the world. We played for hours because this conference room was huge. And on the first night, the manager came in and he's like, you guys can't be in here. You got to go. And we're like, okay. So we picked up our stuff. We left. We respected the hotel. Five times later, the manager came in and he told us to leave. Five times. And after that fifth time, he came in and he's like, you guys need to come with me. I'm taking you to my office. I'm going to find you guys and I'm kicking you out of the hotel. Just in an instant, I saw my buddy pick up his things and run out the back. And I followed him. I picked up my stuff and I ran away from the hotel manager. And we got chased around this hotel for 10 minutes before we finally got away from the manager enough that we could hide in our rooms and we stayed there for the rest of the trip. Now, I didn't care about the consequences. All I cared about was being a follower of my friends and doing what they do because I wanted to be cool in front of them. Looking back, I could have gotten in some serious trouble or I could even been kicked off my hockey team, which back in 2017, that team was my life. That wasn't kind or loving to the hotel staff and it for sure was not the right thing to do. I chose the world's way thinking about myself and trying to avoid consequences, but because of it, I was hurting others around me. After a while of living the world's way and not God's way, dishonoring my parents, not loving my neighbors like I love myself, I began to feel like I had no purpose for what I was doing in life. I was constantly anxious, depressed, and I needed something more in my life. When we are selfish and when we're living for ourselves, Life can turn south quickly. That all changed, though, in the later half of my freshman year. I decided that I had had enough of going the world's way, and I started to go God's way. I started to, to pray. I started to read my Bible. I started doing devotionals. And back in 2019, I made the decision that I was going to get baptized. And I got to make Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior I got the opportunity to be made new, not only in my faith, but as a person as well. I was reborn in God's eyes, and I got to join the kingdom of heaven. The Bible tells us of a story of a man named Saul, who was going the world's way over God's way. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to the Acts of the Apostles, or the book of Acts, depending on what uh, translation you have, and we're going to go to chapter 9. Saul was a man who was killing God's people. He was seeking them out, and he was arresting them. The Bible says that he was on his way to a town called Damascus so that he could seek out Christ followers, and he could arrest them. He was on a mission to kill other Christians because he was living so deep in the world's way. Verses 3 and 4 says, As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? We get to see Saul meet God face to face 
for the first time. Now Saul had known of God because he was seeking out his people and he was killing them. But this is the first time that Saul met God. God told Saul to get up and in verse eight it says, Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. It says that Saul was blind for three days and did not eat or drink anything. Can you imagine losing your sight for three days? Close your eyes for a second. Now imagine that's all you can see. And all you have is your friends around you to help you out. Now imagine trying to get around your school's campus like that. Or even trying to play your sport like that. All while not eating or drinking anything. That's a crazy lifestyle to live in. It surely is not the lifestyle that I want to be living. As the story continues... We meet a disciple by the name of Ananias, who was sent by God to go see Saul. As Saul was praying for a man to rest his hand on him so that he could see again. God told Ananias to set out for Saul, and he found him in the house of Judas. After Ananias reached Saul, it says in verse 18 that instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up, and he was baptized. Just a, a minute ago, I made you close your eyes and pretended to be Saul for a second. Now we're going to play another character. Can you guess who it is? Yeah, now we're going to play Ananias for a second. Imagine there's a kid in your school who was just beating up your friend group. They're stealing their lunch money. They're just disrespecting them. But then this bully falls down, gets hurt, and you're the one who has to go to their aid. Would you be scared to do it? Would you do it? Would you go to the aid of someone who is hurting the people you know and you care about? That's the situation that Ananias was in. Ananias put a ton of faith in God. Can you imagine having to go save someone who is known for killing your people, the people you cared about, the people you loved? But God had protection over him, and he said, go save this man. Now here's a man that was killing God's people, but Saul got forgiveness from God. In the book of Daniel, chapter nine, verse nine says, the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we had rebelled against him. Saul got the chance to be forgiven by God, and he got to be made new in the Lord. Now we see the conversion from Saul, a murderous man, a man who was living so deep in the world's way that he was killing God's people, arresting them, and seeking them out, turned into Paul, who got to be made new in God, and he started to preach the word of God. After Saul had gotten his sight back and was baptized, he spent many days with the disciples in Damascus. He started to preach the word of God. Paul could have never seen this coming. And just like Paul, my life changed in a way that I couldn't have seen either. Back in 2020, I got the chance to adopt and foster a little kid who I now call my little brother. And I have a picture uh, of it up here. This picture is from the court date on January 6th, 2020. The day that we officially adopted Chase into our family. 
This kid was abused when he was two months old with six fractured bones, a bruised liver, a black eye, and so much more, just at the young age of two months old. And we got the chance to take him in and show him what a God-loving household looks like. And I have another picture up there. This is three years later. He goes to church every week, and he loves God as much as he can. However, during the first two years of fostering him, there was a lot of uncertainty in my life. I wasn't sure what the next steps were going to be with him, if we were going to send him back to his parents, or if he was going to go up for adoption, or if we were the ones who were going to keep him in the long run. Going God's way over the world's way is different. You're doing things you normally wouldn't do. You're feeling things that you normally wouldn't feel. You're living a new life. And it's scary sometimes. And I didn't know the plan that God had for my life, but I continued to trust God, knowing that he would guide me through those times. In the book of Proverbs, chapter three, verses five and six, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now, even though I was on a walk with God, this is where I really learned to trust him when times seemed uncertain, because he had a plan for the uncertain times that he had set out for me. We know in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you. And God had a plan for my life and for Paul's life. Paul trusted God. Even though his life had completely made a 180, he put his faith and trust in Jesus and he began to preach the word of God. However, there was a plan amongst the Jews to kill Paul. So he left Damascus and he headed out for Jerusalem. Back in the book of Acts, verse 28, it says, So Saul stayed with the apostles and went around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. Although there were people out to kill Paul, he stepped out into faith and continued to preach the word boldly and fearlessly. Paul took steps of faith with Jesus, moving him from a murderous man to a holy man. I believe that all of us here can do the same thing. In order to have this life, we have to trust God. We have to take the next step in our faith. Can you imagine what the world would look like if we all took the next step in our faith and we encouraged our friends to take their next step also? But what are those three steps? When I read the book of Saul, I can highlight three steps that he took in his walk with God. The first step that he took was that he was made new. What does it look like for you to be made new? Being made new could be devoting your life to Christ. It could be getting baptized like Paul and myself. Some of you have already done that. You get the chance to reborn in God's eyes. But for those who haven't been baptized, it's a symbol of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of giving your worldly lives to Christ. And you're declaring God as your Lord and your Savior. If you're here on worship night, I got the chance to get up here and talk a little bit about my testimony and some pivotal moments in my faith. And I showed you that picture of me getting baptized and I said that I got to make my faith my own. When you're getting baptized, your faith 
is not your parents' faith. Your faith is your faith. You are declaring that God is the Lord and Savior of your life. If you want to be baptized, I encourage you that you talk to your leader tonight in your small groups, and they can give you guidance on that. The next step that Paul took was that he was fully submitted. When you're fully submitted to God, you're living your faith out. You're influencing your friends to read the Bible, to pray, to come to see why with you. And when you fully submit to God, you hear him, you obey him, and you follow him. The final step is that you need to start playing for God. I started playing for God's team back when we relaunched CY. I got the chance to play drums on the CY worship team. And then that evolved into playing drums on Sunday morning. Now, I get to be LID here at the church and I get to be a leader here at CY. You're taking that next step and saying, I wanna be a part of what God is doing here at Crosspoint and I wanna play a role in the kingdom of God. But how can you start playing for God? There's two things you can do. The first one is to serve. I just mentioned that I play drums for the church and I'm an LID here at the church. So I encourage you to find something that you would want to do in the church and start to serve there. You can also get a friend to go and serve with you. There is nothing better than serving God when you're with your best friends. When you serve with your friends, you're not only growing spiritually, but you're held accountable for your walk with God. The last thing you can do is to spread the word. We saw that Paul was speaking the word of God boldly and fearlessly. We've heard the story of Shane preaching to his football team and getting them to pray before the games. I can also think of Charles bringing seven people to houseboats. I can also think of Eden Ponce, a freshman in high school, boldly preaching the word of God to her school. And there are so many more students. But what if we all spread the word at our schools, our sports teams, our jobs, anywhere we can? We could be like Paul and take a step of faith and preach the word fearlessly and boldly. Because no one's out to get you. No one's going to kill you like Paul. There's no reason not to. Imagine what the world would look like if we all encouraged our friends and we encouraged the youth of Orange County to find and follow Jesus and start living God's way over the world's way. Reflecting on the story of Paul, I can connect moments of my life to his story. And maybe some of you here too can do that too. But maybe there's some of you here today who don't have a relationship with God. Maybe there's some of you here today who need to take the next step in your walk with God. My challenge for you tonight, find what it takes for you to take the next step. Whether that to be to be made new, to fully submit, or to start playing on God's team. Or maybe to even start a relationship with God. So with all heads bowed and eyes closed, if you say, I need to start a relationship with God. I've been going the world's way and not God's way, and I want to change that. If that's you, can you just put your hand up between you and God? Real up high. If you say, 
that I have a relationship with God, but I need to take the next step. Can you put your hands up? God, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to be made new in your name, Lord. I'm praying that you'll guide these students in helping them identify what the next step in their walk with you, God. God, I'm praying for the students that said they wanna start a relationship with you, that you'll touch their hearts and you'll show them that your way is better, God. God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.